that the PR manager from the National Lottery writes to us to say are waiting to be claimed from drawers in the last couple of weeks. Um, we can give you the details of where they are. L jackpots from a £3.8 million lotto jackpot for the draw of the 28th of May, that's a Saturday, and the special jubilee-tastic £20 million must-be-won jackpot. <laughs> it's defying its description. It hasn't been won by anybody yet um, for last Saturday's draw. So the National Lottery wants you to check your tickets, basically. Um, if ever I do that, I do it by app. I hope I trust the app that it does the maths and lets me know. I should be disappointed if they find out, oh, Martin, over the last 10 years, you should have won millions. But anyway, uh, let's just turn to the United States and reinstate as we we do is as our won't at the lunchtime part of our program to have a look at what's happening in america and as we welcome simon marks to the airwaves um simon just a just a reflection on all things that have been going on in the world of the royalty i get made it to american television did boris johnson nearly losing his job make it uh, well, they've both made it. I've just checked my tickets, by the way, and it's not me, so we can carry on doing the <laughs> right, uh, okay. carry on doing the uh, the interview as uh, as planned. Um, yes, all of those events, of course, uh, have been seen here in varying degrees. I mean, the country did indeed uh, bathe itself in the uh, reflective glory of the pomp and ceremony taking place uh, in the UK surrounding the Platinum Jubilee over those four days. Uh, and there's no question, you know, that we saw all the breakfast television programmes on the major networks being anchored from uh, boxes overlooking Buckingham Palace and an enormous amount of uh, sort of effort by the United States once again to live vicariously through Britain's royal family because of course the Americans don't have a royal family of their own and then there is uh, the story of Boris Johnson's survival yesterday uh, which I think within the corridors of power in Washington DC will sort of underscore the notion that he's not entirely out of the woods and that at some point the American president or an American president is going to have to get used eventually uh, to a Whitehall without Boris Johnson but certainly they don't have to get used to that right now. Uh, yeah. I think in it's a totally ambivalent relationship isn't it really between the two? Yeah I mean well I think that it, ambivalent except when it comes to Ukraine. Uh, I mean as you yes. know there is tension in the relationship over the Northern Ireland protocol and that yes. definitely worries the Biden administration and senior figures up on Capitol Hill who fear that, from their perspective, the Prime Minister is not a safe pair of hands when it comes to America's determination to defend the Good Friday Agreement. The Prime Minister, of course, would disagree with that characterization. Uh, but there is also, I think, a sense that on Ukraine, he's been an important figure uh, in terms of helping to shore up unity in the transatlantic alliance. Uh, and that is uh, a quality that President Biden uh, insists uh, Vladimir Putin in the Kremlin miscalculated about when he uh, began this uh, invasion mm. of Ukraine now over a hundred days ago. I mean, perhaps I think leading. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I was ahead, just going to no, say, perhaps even leading the way in the sense he seemed yeah. to. Uh, he seemed to be more adroit on this matter than perhaps President Biden was. Uh, well, I mean, I do think that those images of uh, the Prime Minister accompanied by Volodymyr Zelensky as he as he walked through the streets of Kiev yeah. uh, raised pressure on the White House to decide how and when President Biden is going 
going to travel to the Ukrainian capital, which he's not done yet. But of course, as we've discussed before, it's much more complicated a matter to move an American president into a war zone, given all of the communications infrastructure and the security infrastructure that has to travel with him, than it is necessarily to move a British prime minister or, or any other European leader uh, into a war zone. Um, I, I think more broadly in terms of the Platinum Jubilee, you know, this is a country, the United States, where 80% of the public think the country is on the wrong track. And this idea that you could kind of get lost in a bit of escapism for four days and not actually uh, worry about how you're going to pay for the next uh, tank full of petrol that you need or uh, your groceries, uh, I-, I think, offered a, sort of an escape hatch for Americans sure. for, for, for a little uh, And for Brits, time. too, I'm absolutely certain. Yeah. But, look, we should, we should uh, report on the uh, Ukraine thing, not just on the matter of more weaponry um, that the Americans and the British are sending to Vladimir Zelensky, who... Um, while you've been sleeping, has been on, on another call into the Financial Times event this morning. Once again, you know, keeping up the pressure for more help. But look, the world has got other things to be concerned about, not just that conflict, but the consequences of the conflict, Simon. I mean, people are going to be starving in parts of Africa because Ukrainian grain is stuck. Yeah, and that is very much now the joint focus of the United States and its European partners in trying to bring about some sort of a solution to uh, what could become famines throughout Africa and some other parts of the world that are heavily reliant on Ukrainian grain exports that are both blocked from leaving Ukraine by Russia's naval blockade of the Black Sea uh, or and or being stolen by the Russians who uh, are believed now to be uh, offering three vessels, naval vessels filled with Ukrainian grain that they've stolen from Ukraine at grossly inflated prices to countries that need uh, to get that grain or else face food insecurity issues. So take a listen to what uh, the uh, European uh, Commission's uh, Charles Michel had to say uh, this mo- uh, last night at the United Nations Security Council, uh, his words prompted a walkout of the United States Security Council by the Russian ambassador. The Kremlin is using food supplies as a stealth missile against developing countries. The dramatic consequences of Russia's war are spilling over across the globe, and this is driving up food prices, pushing people into poverty and destabilizing entire regions. And Russia is solely responsible for this food crisis, Russia alone, despite the Kremlin's campaign of lies and disinformation. Well, that was Charles Michel, the president of the European Council, speaking to the UN Security Council last night. The Russian ambassador would have none of it. He insisted it was all lies and propaganda and stormed out of the meeting. Uh, Take a listen to what Secretary of State Antony Blinken had to say on this same issue uh, at an event here in Washington, D.C. yesterday. They planted explosives uh, throughout the fields. Uh, They've destroyed uh, vital agricultural infrastructure. There are credible reports, uh, including, uh, as we saw in one of our leading newspapers today, that Russia is pilfering Ukraine's grain exporters, exports excuse me, to sell for its own profit. Uh, now Russia is hoarding its food exports as well. So this is all deliberate. 
And more than that, he went on to say that this is blackmail by the Russians of countries, uh, particularly in Africa, that are going to have a very tough decision to make in the next few weeks. Do they accept supplies of pilfered Ukrainian grain at inflated prices that are being offered to them by the Russians? Or do they turn those vessels away, uh, currying favour with President Biden and European leaders, but putting their own populations at a heightened risk of food insecurity? There is no question that this byproduct of the war in Ukraine is going to be a major issue to watch with potentially millions of lives hanging in the balance. Simon Marks reporting live from Washington, D.C. Thank you very much indeed, Simon. Uh, that's merely d- me done for the day. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Jim Diamond will take you through the afternoon, you know, bringing you news at the speed of sound. I'll see you tomorrow morning at 10, and we've got Prime Minister's questions to look forward to at noon. LBC News.